Welcome to the Fanboy Planet Podcast. This is Derek McCaw, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com, broadcasting from FanboyPlanet.comics in Santa Clara. That's 2950 El Camino Real. Elk, as I said that, 2950 <laughs> El Camino Real, Suite 105. The street's so nice. There. In Santa, Santa Clara, indeed, it is the El Camino Real. The it's the only place. I buy my comics. And that, of course, are the dulcet tones of Mr. Lon Lopez from MoreOnLife.com. Hello. Uh, and there we are. Dulcet. And, our, and also as our sound engineer and really driving the engine, driving the train, is uh, Mr. Rick Brettschneider. I don't buy my comics here. I just write him a check every month. Oh, that's perfect. That's fantastic. That's great. And a uh, membership. Quietly eating an egg salad sandwich, the manager of FanboyPlanet.comics, Steve Simonetti. Hooray. Oh, the official okay. sandwich. Of the official <laughs> sandwich today. <laughs> Ask him about his cookies. All right. I brought, I brought cookies. Did you? Fantastic. Let's save those for an after-show treat. You should note that Steve is wearing his I Voted sticker, which either means that he somehow voted this morning or <laughs> the day after the election. I wouldn't be or, surprised. Or it's the same T-shirt from yesterday. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Hey, either, time travel. It's all about time travel. Either answer is... Uh, Possible. We forgot, though, there was a, another uh, return guest, uh, my friend Venom. Yes. All right. He's back. Many people accuse us of having our brains eaten because we're comic book fans. And Love so it. we continue. There we go. All right. This, of course, is for what day is today? November 8th. November 8th, 2006. And I got to say, still no entries in the Justice League Heroes Xbox giveaway. Ooh, maybe really? I enter. Interesting. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> All right. So I, I, I'm People, gonna have. Why are you afraid? I'm <laughs> gonna have to bite the bullet and uh, post this on the website itself. But no entries, and yet I, I suspect strongly that there is at least four of you listening out there. Yeah, Chances are one of you has an Xbox and needs a copy of Justice well, League Heroes. Well, what we should do is post Christmas it on the website. Coming. And have them look for the answer in the podcast. Oh, I believe that's what has that's to be done. What we that's do. what has to be done. Because somebody better listen to this. Absolutely. And to Besides recall, my mother. As I told, uh, well, your mother listens. That's good. No, as she, I, I, no, I mentioned last week, uh, you know, that, that the trivia question is what two heroes did I discover are a very bad combination to try to take over to beat a doomsday clone? Oh, I know. Yeah, you know. Oh, okay. I can't you say. know. But uh, I did. Sugar and Spike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. If those were the hidden heroes, that would have been so awesome. A, th- a hundred shields and you can buy Sugar <laughs> and Spike. <laughs> Zatanna is almost incomprehensible in the game as it is. Though i got to say, the further along I get in that game, because I have overcome my problem. <laughs> <laughs> Your, One of many your gaming that I inadequacy. Well, I, I don't feel so lame this week. <laughs> good, uh, good, because I also beat the Game Boy game completely too. Uh-huh. I did finish that up. Beat Brainiac. Uh, the Game Boy game does not go as far as Justice League Heroes does in plotting. Uh, but as I've overcome my problem, I gotta say, Zatanna, she is saucy. Every single cutscene, she is winking and shaking it and mm-hmm. taunting the viewer mm-hmm. with how hot she is. Okay, now yes. I definitely have to get that game. I definitely yeah. have to. She winks at the end of everything she says. She's just <coughs> constantly She's a huge winking. huge flirt. Oh, Zatanna. Oh, Zatanna. Those magic babes. No wonder, no wonder Paul Dini married her, basically. Oh. Uh, yeah. What? Have okay. you ever seen his wife? Misty... Misty Bubbles? No, it's not no. Misty Bubbles. She's a magician. He married a magician, and she looks like Zatanna. It's well... That... Bastard. Well, if there are any hot blondes <laughs> out there, I have <laughs> a Supergirl costume at home, so uh, give me a call. All right. But uh, what are they going to wear? Oh. 
Okay. So, uh, let's talk about some uh, things that have actually come out in comics in the last uh, couple of weeks. I wanted to start because DC so kindly sent me a copy of uh, Fables, A Thousand and One Winter Nights, the hardback they just released a couple of weeks ago. It is a beautiful book. And as uh, I think Rick just mentioned, Christmas is coming. And therefore, I think at Christmas time, that's when the hardbacks, that's when you put those things on your list and you hope that someone understands what you mean by this right, book. Right. And I gotta recommend I got you the Brothers Grimm fables. <laughs> right. Something like that. Or I or I got the the It was yeah. on special at Barnes and Noble. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, please, it's a it's a callback to way too many disappointed, angry Christmases in my childhood. And Anyway, yeah, it's okay. Man, there's no time to talk about it, but uh, it's a beautiful book. It's a uh, twenty bucks. It, it kind of it tells the story of the of Snow White going as an ambassador to the Arab fable worlds before they have actually fled to Earth. So it's kind of a flashback, and then she takes the place of Scheherazade basically and has to stay alive by telling these stories to the to the Caliphate. Uh, but along the way, what they do what. Bill Willingham, genius writer, has done is fill in all these little backstories to all these characters that for the last six or seven years you've kind of wondered, how did they end up here? How did this happen? So well, like in a weird way, I say I'm not reading fables, but in a weird be. way, is this like a kind of a how, was it, Moore did leave Extraordinary Gentleman where he made all the literary heroes mm-hmm. kind of have backstories and have their little things. Mm-hmm. So is it kind of in a weird way like that? Kind That's of? essentially what Fables does, that uh, they have been – they are exiled from their whatever their homelands never, were. Never, never land or different, whatever. Different alternate Earths and not all the not all the Fables survive. They've been conquered by Ooh. this adversary some are dead, and that's one of the things going on in the Jack of Fables book right now. This frustration of the villain in that is, you know, if you kill them, as long as no one's telling the story, they stay dead. But if people are still still know what their story is, then they come back to life, and they're and it's very frustrating. The villain depending is on the to, popularity, right? And, yeah, right. So uh, in a thousand one winter nights, they fill in these backstories of how the big bad wolf has crossed over to several different, you know. Crossover with Little Red Riding Hood is part well, of the He'll never go style. No, he I never mean, does, especially not the way Bill Willingham writes him. Oh, he rocks. He's a big bad wolf. Uh, is he literally big... a wolf, or is it a guy like who's wolf-ish? Both. Both. Interesting. Both, and he's married to Snow White and has seven oh. cubs. I'm not caught up. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm reading the trades. Oh, just I'm sorry. Trades. For Rick. No, oh, I'm sorry, Rick. I could see that coming in issue I, one. I kind of feel that you know, if it's if it's a if it's a plot turn that's over six months old. Yeah, uh, you, you can, can spoil it. it. I can yeah. spoil it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but I won't spoil a thousand one winter nights. Except that each story is told by a different uh, is drawn by a different artist, and there's some really beautiful artwork in there. It's a it's a nice book. Again, only twenty bucks. A great. Uh, stocking stuffer if you have a huge stocking which by the way fanboyplanet.comics does in fact have stockings ready to they're sell they're hung with care and they're <laughs> hung with care they were I and watched, for some reason the Spider-Man stocking reminds me of that issue of Ambush Bug when the Argyle sock turned into Doctor Doom and, and was a villain wow that was a stretch why am I seeing that blue toe is a nose that's exactly my point yes and the villain was called Argyle oh. and so there is uh was that Assistant Editor's Day on that No, Ambush Bug. Oh. Ambush Bug was always Assistant Editor's Day. <laughs> Remember Keep Assistant Editor's Day? I do. I had, <laughs> I had that when the Avengers appeared on David Letterman. Perfect. And th- they were having more fun than any super team has the right to have. Exactly. So we also have uh, Lon questioned me as I picked up for a co-worker this week, and it's worth talking about because oh. it's a movement within Marvel. We, we, we didn't talk about when it happened. Oh, yeah. uh, I picked up the f- last copy of the first issue of Anita Blake Vampire Hunter mm, that we yes. had here in the store. 
And why it's noteworthy is because it did sell out, sold out across the country, uh, far more uh, demand than Marvel anticipated, and yet that was exactly what Marvel had hoped to do. They themselves are not doing this book. They contracted the Dabble Brothers, who had been, uh, they were being... The uh, Dabble Brothers. The, they might be the Dable Brothers. Oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, do you do comics? We dabble. We no, dabble. Okay. They're dilettantes, really. A film school. But no, America, no American knows what dilettante means anymore, uh, so they thought da- you know, dabble was, was easier Isn't to, that to like remember. Isn't that like a video, Dirty Dilettantes? Oh, that's yeah, something else. Why do you keep oh, okay. going there? Sorry. Why do you even bother coming out of it is what I, I don't understand. <laughs> if the illusion is that you leave the couch. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Sorry, carry on. All right. So, uh, the Dable Brothers, mm-hmm. the Dable Brothers, whatever. They were published by Image. I think at one time they were associated with Alias Comics, which has now gone Also Christian. known as – no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> 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 All right. Great. Somebody slip him a sedative. Right. Uh, uh, Venom, you have anything to say on that? Yes, exactly. Okay. okay. So, uh, but I need to vape Blake Vampire Hunter is actually based on a series of novels by Laurel K. Hamilton. So there's kind of these Huge erotic fan. Huge fan. You have no idea. I don't. No, there's <laughs> sort of these there are these erotic vampire novels set in the South, and uh, they're very popular. Kind of uh, wait, wait. Erotic vampire novels set in the South. There's a whole. Like, she like, actually started this, but there's a whole culture of. Sci-fi paranormal romance novels. Now, if you go into Barnes and Noble or anything, they've got like sections. Mm-hmm. But isn't like Anne Rice's whole vampire thing about sexy vampires in the yeah. South? Hey, so the difference is that the vampires in Anne Rice's novels don't actually have sex. Uh, Laurel K. Hamilton's they consummate that passion. So then, why are we hunting every them? other page? Well, that's the thing. She's not really. It is a <laughs> oh, misnomer. It's a different type of hunting. It's oh, a, it's hey, booty hunting on the prowl, indeed. <laughs> And, so therefore, very popular with the ladies, this series ah. of novels. And so the Dabble Brothers have, or I, I'll never know, Dable Brothers, whatever. I like Dabble. The niche that they created for themselves was they don't do original books. They they contract with fantasy writers, with science fiction writers, and, and adapt the their works yeah. into comics. Which, to me, is sort of redundant because, I mean, you know, if you're already a reader of these novels... You're happy. You've got your mental pictures. And this is a problem. Last week they released Orson Scott Card's Red Prophet. And so it was the first one, issue of that I'd picked up. Huge and fan. Thought, I, know, I, I love uh, I love those. I, I, you probably don't. You're mocking me. But uh, it's <laughs> based, on, uh, based on Orson Scott Card's seventh son, uh, Alvin Singer. Uh, Alvin Singer. Alvin Maker. Tales of Alvin Maker. The alternate history of the U.S. Uh, yes. Uh, really, the right. alternate history of the Mormon church. But shh, mm. that's what it is. Alvin Maker There's is... There's a reason for that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so it's a fascinating, fascinating series of novels. And I'm not, you know, they have historically not had the necessarily the greatest of artists attached. And one of the reasons they profit from this is then they can have access to the exclusive artists that Marvel has. Not that they've announced any of those being assigned to their books. And not after the success of an Anita Blake Vampire Hunter do they need to. The fir- uh, this first miniseries is adapting Guilty Pleasures right there. It sounds hot. It sounds it's the first sexy. book in the series. It's the first book in the series, yes. Interesting. So, very so what the cover the was really nice. Who's doing the, the interior work? Uh, I think it's the same person. Uh, I think Anita Baker is doing Anita it. Anita Baker is no, doing it. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm so, waiting for that book. Anita Baker, Vampire Hunter. Uh, well, it's, yeah. It's very jazzy. Yeah. So it's sold out. It's uh, very popular. It's been exactly what Marvel wants to do. Joe Quesada is launching a series of adaptations, basically Classics Illustrated, and then with the Dable Brothers, they get to do modern 
Are they going to do like Popular Jesus picture. comics like back in the day, or uh, I don't know. Marvel adapts the Bible. Are we going to see those soon? Uh, or? DC tried that. <laughs> oh, okay. Genesis back in the seventies, it was it was one of the uh, <laughs> uh, the books of Moses. Five books of Moses were adapted Crisis into a DC Infinite super Jesus. special. One of those oversized books, and except Joe Kubert drew it. And, uh, and then they'll do crossovers with the X Men. So it's right. Mm. <laughs> Look, I would you know read what? That. You know Wolverine what? and Jesus. Once you've got a Star Trek and X Men crossover, oh, I really don't nice. think the Bible is that much more of a stretch. Yeah, yeah. Because you well, know, Star Trek is my Bible. I, I'm sorry. I knew. Ahead. I know. I was setting wait, you up for that. You set this whole thing up with I asked you a question. What was the question? Well, that's what I'm asking you because you said you no. You mocked me for picking this up. You didn't know why would you have all these vampire hunters? Oh, I said. So my question was, do we really need another vampire hunter? And as far as uh, Marvel is concerned, since they're outselling any issue, individual issue of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, mm-hmm. the answer is yes, as long as it's their own vampire hunter. I guess. And as long as they can reap in the profits and the market share, and it's working extremely well. And truthfully, it is doing what it's meant to do, which is and get I bet you it, people sorry. that haven't come into comic book stores, into they want to come in. I guess. I'm and I bet you it sold more copies than the first issue of Blade <coughs> the Vampire Hunter. That sucked. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm, I actually liked it. No, I, I, I meant just it. literally because they're vampires. Uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> You're here to raise the intellectual tenor of our broadcast, aren't you? Sorry, I don't. I, I don't know. Uh, it's all right. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think I'm going to, which because uh, since you're on a roll with things that you think suck. Yeah, let's uh, do it. Let's, uh, we've got a section, things that, li- that Lon thinks suck. And this is going to tie into, once again, boy, we do seem to pound on Civil War. Because it sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like Axel Rose says. But we actually, I don't need your Civil War. But we're going to open anyway. up some intellectual, uh, you can quote Axel Rose. Oh, because it's really only one album. But mm-hmm. he can't quote yeah. Meatloaf. <laughs> anyway, um, so... Lon hates Iron Man. This is the section of our show where you talk about how you hate Iron Man. I hate Iron Man now. You hate Iron Man now. And my, here's my here's my issue, and I will pose it to the listeners out there, all four of you. Um, basically, Mrs. Lopez, listen up. Yes. Um, so, in the books right now, all the Civil War tie-ins that I've been trying to catch up on, Tony Stark slash Iron Man is the hugest jerk. In in all the books now, and, uh, apparently he and Peter Parker have also had a major falling out. I don't know if I saw that issue at the end of the last issue of uh, Spider-Man. Um, I'll have to pick that one up. Okay, However, yeah. so okay. my question now I got to read that. Well, you find out that uh, Stark's been perhaps listening in, on, pulling uh, strings, wiretapping. But and that but that's been hinted established hinted hinted at, yeah, that for a yeah. long time that doesn't that doesn't really come as a surprise but well the fact that he the whole setup for Clore was that he had held a little piece of Thor's hair from a long time ago so I mean that's essentially making him you know sneaky and right. in a sense though that kind of makes me angry too when I think about it because Justice League JLA did that whole storyline a year and a half two years ago with Batman keeping tabs on everybody for that whole House of Babel storyline remember that and then I mean, everybody's that was like five years okay, ago. Okay, whatever. Nine I, years ago. My timeline yeah. schedule's off. But you know what I'm saying, though? So and it's then like, the reverse of an identity crisis. That's what identity right. crisis was about. They kept a conspiracy right. from, you know. So it's just, it feels like when Marvel year. starts toting it out, you're like, oh, geez, here we go again. Anyways, but my thing with, uh, with uh, Iron Man is that here they are. Marvel is doing pr- really well with their, their film franchises. A lot of hype with the Iron Man movie coming out, Robert Downey Jr. 
Or is it Morton Downey Jr.? I forget. Robert Downey? Robert Downey Jr. Robert. Morton's dead. I'm sorry. Thanks for bringing the room down. Anyways, uh, so they're going to do this Iron Man movie, and they're going to hype it up. It's going to be this big deal, and it's supposed to come out in 2008, I think. And uh, everybody hates Iron Man. You know what I mean? So... What are, I mean, are they going to have to turn? I mean, are well, we going to like Iron Man by the time okay, the movie comes out? Okay, and the question out? I would ask back to you is, do you think that the people that are going to go to an Iron Man movie are even paying attention? Do you think that the no, average person all. is aware of the Civil War? Once the initial hype where, oh, that sounds interesting, ultimately... But I guess maybe... But it is a situation where you, you get people to go to the movie and then they want to go see the product. They want mm-hmm, to they, right. Maybe they go back and... You know, I, I want an Iron Man comic now. And, whoa, this is not the guy I saw the movie yeah, about. This mm-hmm. guy's a jerk. Why do I want to read this comic book? Mm-hmm. I want more Robert Downey Jr. I'm going to go rent Chaplin. Is that what Marvel wants? <laughs> well, they Marvel should rent Chaplin because it's a, it's a fantastic okay, tour well, to they're gonna Okay, well, they're going to rent Bright Lights Big City. Okay, I should use that instead. Anyways, I'm just saying. Robert Downey Jr. was in that? You believe me. Anyways. It was uh, Michael J. Fox. You mean less right? than zero? Oh, maybe you're right. <laughs> less than zero. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you know, those '80s movies. Most people would be so confused if you weren't printing anything. Right. Yeah. So, well, that's the thing. And we lost it. We're down to three listeners. Thank you for sticking this far. <laughs> you will be rewarded. I'm going to go to the Robert Downey Jr. forum. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But anyway, so that's my big thing right now. And the, and the, the sad thing is, is growing up, Iron Man was one of my favorite characters. Loved you know the tech stuff. Loved just how you know got into some jams and he always got out of them. And this whole thing, it's, you know, and granted, like you said, we beat on Civil War all the time, but how are they going to bring these characters back is what I'm trying to figure out. Into something likable. Well, it's just like Spider-Man, Iron Man, Captain Man, they're all just going downhill. Mm-hmm. And, and so, apparently, you know what, in a, just a bizarre marketing snafu, I don't know if you guys got this, Black Panther number 21 came out last week. Had a major event, and this is again the thing that is just sucking about the Civil War book itself is that all the major events keep happening outside, yeah. which is exactly the opposite of what Marvel promised was going to happen. Exactly. But the Black Panther number twenty-one came out without any warning to anybody who's not reading Black Panther, which, by the way, is almost everybody is not reading that book. I, I'm going to go ahead and spoil. Tell it. me that Black Panther that met with Namor, so Black Panther married Storm. They met with Namor, and they agreed to basically do what's happening in Ultimates 2, create an international coalition to interfere and stop the Civil War. What? So it's Black Panther, Storm, Namor, Captain Britain, Doctor Doom, all, you know, they got Doom on their side that are going to go in and just smack down Iron Man and Captain America both. Because they're an international police force. Because they believe that if... That the thing is, and it's logical, Namor's argument is absolutely logical, saying that if this resolves itself and you have this registration of heroes, how long before Tony Stark turns his attention Towards to the, the rest of the world? Right. Uh-huh. And it's like... Is so Black Panther still on the shelf? I'm have to no, it's sold out. Well, I don't know if they have it. But the thing is now, they're going to reprint it with a big Civil War banner because this is like the most crucial turn in yeah. the damn story. Why didn't they... Do, I would have <laughs> bought it if they had a banner on it. What were they <laughs> You know, exactly. But you wouldn't have. I mean, because you we are so used to just seeing these banners and not knowing what the tie-in just is. follow the characters. And then the actual crucial thing happens. Well, you what? tap on another big thing there, and I want to explore this for a second. Black Panther married Storm. Mm -hmm. How long we given that? 
I think that's because permanent. I mean she's freaky. You know she's good looking. She used to wear a mohawk. How long is he gonna you know, come you know, that on? Stuff like that never summer, works. And I was I was very resentful of that because I felt like it was suddenly this huge, huge retcon, as if T'Challa and and Aurora Spent a lot have of had this long term yeah. relationship. I didn't buy it either. No, and I read the miniseries and the you know that they tried and they and they totally retconned this and made it sense. And really, what it comes down to is, well, look, you've got these two exotic African, not African American, legitimately African right. superheroes. So naturally, they got to marry each other. Right. Like he yeah. couldn't find anybody else in Wakanda. You know, coming to America, look, you know, right. Create somebody. He could have at least married, you know, Quay, not not Quay, Photon, whatever the. Captain well, I'm Marvel, just saying Captain though, Marvel, yeah. Monica Rambo. I'm yeah. just saying though, in the future, look. For a Stormforge uh, affair. That's you're, all I'm going to say. You're just all all upset about the Britney K. Fed. Thing. Uh, you know, I'm just marriages don't I'm not so much laugh. upset about no. that as, you know, well, amused. Amused. And, hey, she's back on the market. <laughs> there you go. You've got a chance. <laughs> yeah. You've got a shot. Well, except that except I'm, married, married. I'm married with two children and actually happily so. Yeah. And, you I just know. think T'Challa married up. That's all. That's and you got to think, saying. if Britney fell for K. Fed, I mean – She's got to be an idiot. That's mm. over there. But There's that's a, plenty of evidence. <laughs> yeah, plenty of evidence. Um, and yet we love Hulk Hogan, so she could marry. You know, he became a wrestler. Reverse the whole thing. So uh, to keep on your civil war, because K Fed, yeah, yeah, yeah. K Fed like, is wrestling on the, on oh, SmackDown right, right that's now. Right. Uh, so I mean, you know, so he's always got that. He lost Brittany, but he's got a wrestling career. There you go. <laughs> Call Chris Curtis. As long yeah. as he's getting paid, that's all that matters. That's right. All right, so. Uh, but let's turn to the Civil War thing, because you had a question, Rick. I shouldn't say you. I point, and it's like forgetting. We are not even on radio. Cameras are not on. We are on three iPods across nice. the nation. There's oh, and there's Steve, Steve waving. waving to us. <laughs> this is his participation. I'm going to look like an ass, and no one can know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> that's all that matters. And that's all that matters. We care. We, we do. do. And, and you had the question, how would you solve Spider-Man? What's the, so uh, just looking forward, you, you go, okay, Spider-Man... Exposes his identity to the world, and now there's this apparent. But under the auspice of okay, he's living under Tony Stark's wing, and that's how his family's going to be protected. That's how Aunt May is not going to get offed by any number of villains. So that's looks like that's going away. Mm-hmm. So how do you how do you resolve that storyline? How do you get him back into the world of a secret identity, or how do you move it forward? I, I mean, think uh, our friend Venom actually has an answer for that. There you go. go ahead. I suspected oh. that was the answer. <laughs> Thank you, Venom. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that, of course, is the classic Eddie Brock Venom, who really wanted to kill Spider Man, mm-hmm. and and therefore. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't know, because in Wizard, uh, a couple weeks ago, Joe Casada makes this comment about, well, you know, Spider-Man is always about things going really badly for Peter Parker, so naturally <laughs> we have to do this. Well, it doesn't get worse than death, yeah. and, you know, and while the writers of Spider-Man have been doing some interesting things, like there's an alternate Ben Parker running around uh, who may be not the nicest of, of Uncle Ben's. Uh, An you know, alternate Ben Parker? Yeah. They couldn't write anything Actually, better than but that? but I got I to tell you, no, it was done well. And why? Because Peter David wrote it, and Peter David makes this the most unbelievable stuff. Can you describe work. the look on my face right now? 
Kind of Anyways, well, that's that's sour. the look. I'm thinking. Sweet and sour. I'm thinking. I've seen that look when Alon and I have gone gone for a post show burrito or nacho place. <laughs> I'm thinking that's gas. It's Maybe. too much cilantro. It might be. Yeah. It, you know, we got a unamas. Uh, you know, whatever. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. Again, going along with what Lon was saying about Iron Man is I, f- I just feel like they – I know they're going to dazzle us with this beautiful thing. That they backed us into a corner. I was thinking about the different characters that have had their identity, identity exposed. So you got Iron Man, of course. Mm-hmm. But he kind of went, well, yeah, I was in the suit for a while. Now somebody else is in he the suit. He found a way out of it. And Steve Rogers has been in and out of the identity thing. Yeah. While. And wasn't there magic involved in one of his? I don't uh, know if if people know Steve Rogers is Captain America now or not. Wait, he no. came out in that the last relaunch. Uh, I think he in did. That I terrorist, think he, I think he think took his mask off on live that TV. Pre Heroes Reborn. It just uh, happened this, before. This, too, yeah. this happened after though. Yeah. So, and but I, I think as I say, currently. Wait. Well, in the old continuity, didn't he run for president? Yeah. And so he had to reveal his identity. I think so. Yeah. So he's been outed several times. And Daredevil, of course, yeah. outed just like Doogie Howser, right? Sort of like okay. that. Sort of like that. All right, sorry. Only Go. his outing didn't ruin his political chances. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, Duke sorry, NPH. Anyways. Yeah. So, I because that, and I go with the Fantastic Four. I mean, you know, again, I, maybe you've had more understanding mates in your past, but I think that uh, I would be hard pressed to find my wife really all that forgiving if I was responsible for the death of a friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I made a polit- bad political decision. Uh, and so watch the White House see how the Bush marriage is going. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, anyway, uh, you know, so I don't know. I just feel like it's so hard to come back. And I, uh, you know, and how is this affecting Howard the Duck? That's what really matters. Well, then, to me. isn't this all lead into World War Hulk? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we're looking at the end of the Marvel universe, universe as we know it. Well, at, maybe just the whole end of the Marvel universe. Maybe. Another Crisis reshuffling. Something Marvel swears world. they're not going to do, but you know yeah. what? It's not the first time. Warren Ellis pitched that a few years ago uh, and, and, and sort of rehabilitated that storyline, apparently, to create that uh, Ultimate Galactus thing, but was creating an, a, 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 reason, a way for Marvel to hit the reset on certain characters if they wanted to, if they needed to, and to rebuild Here's it. Here's what I would do, if anybody cares. Um, it's, I think it's time to pass the torch in the sense that the Marvel Universe needs to maybe follow the DC pattern to where they, you know, they have silver generation, golden generations, <coughs> and then the, the, the mask passes on to a new character. Well, and, there are, and, and they've not got... Not that multi- I like that. Yeah, but, but I've, said, I've said before, they've got multiple continuities going on, just not, not just with the Ultimate Universe, but you've got this kid's version. You, and you have, you have Power Pack going on as small children, whereas Julie Power, the oldest daughter, is a member of Excelsior over in Runaways and clearly an adult. So, you know, they're definitely playing with, you know, whatever book you're reading, that's whatever reality you have to accept. So maybe continuity just doesn't matter anymore. Go ahead, destroy the Marvel Universe, and we can still pick up Spider-Man later. Maybe. It's, it's a thought. Yeah. You know, they're mocking DC for rewriting Infinite Crisis in the hardback, which they did, DC did do, rewrite and pick all the mistakes so that the fans get what they really wanted in the first place. But I don't see how Marvel's going to be able to do anything other than that or just ask us to ignore it completely, which we can. But um, let's move off of comics and into comics-related stuff a little bit. Sure. Because Lon brought up uh, earlier that, of course, Marvel announced this week that they have a a release date for The Incredible Hulk, the film version, 
uh, the after, relaunch. The or, relaunch. I don't even yeah. know how they're approaching this. No one knows. Yeah. No one knows. They've been very cagey, but I think nobody really wants to acknowledge the Ang Lee film anymore. And I think that's what they're hope. I mean, it sounds honestly, it sounds all like a marketing PR push. It just seems like the Hulk didn't make any money this time with more Hulk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> much more Hulk. Or no, the this time be, Mario will hate it. They'll say this time, forget we even did it five years ago. Yeah. So, yeah. so but you had picked up a rumor that I had not heard at all, which was casting for Bruce Banner. Well, there's talk. I don't know what if it's just rumors. I mean, I think at this yeah, point it has to be rumors. Let's call it rumors, sure. But uh, the one guy from Prison Break, uh, Dominic Purcell. Who I think was actually in Blade Three. He correct? was he was Dracula in he Blade was Three. Terrible. But anyways, um, but he's uh, he was really good on that show John Doe a few years ago. Yeah, because we all saw that. Anyways, um, yeah, it was a good show. Yeah, it was a great uh, show. I, I didn't see it. Sorry. To hell with you, Juan uh, Lopez, and, and but, your huge gaps in popular culture <laughs> knowledge. But okay, first of all, Dominic Purcell uh, and Prison Break. He's this tough, meaty, bald-headed thug. Prison Break guy. Sure, I don't see that as Bruce Banner. Maybe if they paint him green and make him the whole. But you know, he's going. It's going along with the Eric Bana casting. Right. I think not he first got work. mentioned with that because Eric Bana was a big bulky Bruce Banner. Maybe. He's, he's However, there are other choice that they're talking about, which I think would be great, mm-hmm. is David Duchovny. An asthmatic kid with a caved-in chest. Very good, yes. Yes, so I think they're talking about maybe him being Bruce Banner. And I can see him playing the nerdy, insecure, mm-hmm. you know, unsure Bruce Banner. Because even, you know, Duchovny's a pretty, you know, I guess, built guy, macho guy, whatever. Mm-hmm. But even then, I don't see him as being tough. You know what I mean? Like, I, if he were here right now, maybe we'd scuffle. Uh, maybe I could take him. I don't know. You but could when, take him. Okay. But I'm just saying, though, that when I think of Fox Mulder... Yeah. Fox Mulder wasn't your typical... He was an intellectual. Yes. Was intellectual, intellectual I think, yeah. is the word I'm looking for. And he was abused quite a bit on yeah. that show. So, yeah, that, that's a reasonable thing. And I can thing. see that as It's a, an interesting casting idea. And right now, they're not doing the X-Files second movie, so take it, Duchovny. Take it. <laughs> Taylor Leone needs another summer home. Take it. Okay, there we go. Let that plea go out there. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> Let's talk about uh, rumors, because we, we, we tied in. We have... Uh, this week, privately, we've been talking about the Meatloaf albums and the joy <laughs> oh, of yeah. Meatloaf, uh, and how Rick has listened to Meatloaf "Bad Out of Hell" three, which well, I well, let's can we explain how this all came about? How right. we started talking. Remind about me, it? I never know the origins anymore. All I'm just, I know I just, is because I got a chance to quote all my Meatloaf knowledge. <laughs> the email came out about doing the podcast tonight, but you said something about it. Well, but at six thirty, I have to be out of there like a, a bat, bat out, out of hell. hell. There you go. And then merely I'm, a simile, merely a simile. It's a very common phrase, right? right. And so I replied, you know, going, people of my generation apparently long. I think it dates yeah. back even further than your generation. Probably, it probably does. Kind of like hell's bells. But anyways. Um, so I replied back saying, yeah, that sounds great, as long as you stop quoting bad meatloaf music or something like that. And right then there, the I was thinking, floodgates them, them fighting words open. Yeah. For, their, for there are bad meatloaf albums, I'm sure they are, but Bat Out of Hell is not one of them! Um, has there, did they ever say, and the Grammy uh, goes to I think Meatloaf. What? It comes to sales. It's not that they needed a Grammy. It's the fact that the guy's well, still, just saying, still, though, how guy's you... still able to keep that physique on <laughs> Bat Out of Hell royalties. And in the music industry, that's saying something. Wow. Yeah. That's just like, though, the name you just don't associate with quality, even though I'm not familiar with his work. but Oh, so you're talking out of your ass. <laughs> <laughs> just saying Meatloaf. His name is Meatloaf. 
Anyways, it's yeah. a great album though. It's, uh, Desmond Child is the producer. Is the producer on the third one? And Todd Rundgren's on it. And, and there is a tie into comics, as I mentioned. The thing is that the first oh, that the Bad Out of Hell albums have all been written. Although this one, the third one, only some of the songs are written by Jim, Jim Steinman. Steinman uh, the who, good ones are written by Steinman. Steinman. The good ones are, uh, and Jim Steinman, here's the odd thing, uh, was contracted to write the score for DC's Batman the Musical. What? <laughs> David Ives, the writer of uh, All in the Time, a great play, All in the Timing, was uh, contracted to write the book for it, and they were trying to mount this as a Broadway musical, and it's clearly, and the only thing that's leaked out is Steinman has put a couple of demo cuts on his website, oh, so you can no. actually oh, download, really? you can actually download, you and if I'm smart, my parents. No, no, <laughs> there's actually a song from the Joker, but where does he get these wonderful toys, so it's no, really clearly written, it's it. really Steinman clearly is. based on the Tim Burton and and it ends with a refrain of "Wait till they get a load of me." Oh, so, yeah. uh, you and does know, it finish with a big, you know, Broadway ending? Like, where uh, do they get a load of me? No, me, no, no, because me. because no. Steinman's <laughs> already writing in a very Wagnerian. Uh, <laughs> Steinman had a uh, Broadway musical a couple of years ago. I can't remember what it was. Dance called. of the Vampires. Uh, well, that's if that's one with of the Vampire Hunter one too. Oh. Um, okay, but uh, and and he keeps reusing his own mu- his old music. So I actually managed to find a couple of cuts from the Dance of the Vampires, which was never translated to English. It actually played in Berlin, and he actually uses some of the. And I, I don't speak German, but he uses Total Eclipse of the Heart, which he had written for <laughs> okay. Bonnie Tyler, and it's hilarious knowing that these are now vampires singing about their vampire life. Total. I'm sure that the <laughs> lyrics are not Total Eclipse of the Heart anymore, but hearing that Stolzikolbreitheis, <laughs> you know, very very Germanic. It's it's hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. The so bright, bright glowing red eyes. I don't. Anything I don't. In you German know, I'm is not. Rec- it is much funnier. I'm not re- not recommending piracy, but believe me, it's out there on. On the internet, you can find Jim Steinman's. It's very hard to write haiku in German. <laughs> it is very, uh, yeah. but it's funnier if it were. Um, Speaking so. of musicals, superhero musicals, actually. Yes. Whatever happened to Captain America the musical? Do you guys remember that? <laughs> yeah, I remember this in the early '80s or late '70s. There was a house. I think it was ad, '80s. It was '80s. A house had in Marvel that you could audition to be Captain America's friend in the upcoming Captain America <laughs> yes. the musical, which never happened. Uh, but and you know, I was a young kid back then, and I remember reading that. And you know, when the kid, you believe everything you read. I remember reading that oh, going, yeah. "What? That's yeah. never gonna happen." Because it was a picture of, of Cap in a straw hat with a cane, yeah. tap dancing, doing a little two step, and there was a girl with him, like a little blonde haired girl. So they're kind of like trying to get the Annie, Annie feeling thing. in. <laughs> and you know, and the odd thing is, I can now tie this into our last topic, my last, my last Ooh, shilling okay. for the. Okay, you ready for this? Yes. Because really, of superhero musicals, as we've talked about, Batman the musical, which was odd. Mad TV, if you could ever find this in like the first or second season, they. Did they they had a joke about Batman the musical Batman because th- uh, Joel Schumacher had directed uh, Batman Forever and they thought oh my gosh this franchise is gonna be horrible oh, yeah. this is even before Batman and Robin came out and they said you know what they need to do Joel Schumacher needs to bat, uh, to gay it up and so it's Batman the musical with Tommy Toon playing Batman <laughs> <laughs> and Ben Vereen playing Robin. <laughs> and Liza Minnelli as the villain, as something like the the Devourer or something like that, and uh, <laughs> it is such a, a, a hilarious, hilarious sketch. And then when they announced they were going to do Batman the Musical, I was like, wow, don't they even yeah. know that they've all, their own company has already made fun of this because wow. they own Mad TV as well? But the only success, and it's not like, I can't even say successful superhero 
musical, but there is in existence. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's, it's Superman, Superman musical, which, which was written yeah. by the team that wrote Annie. Later, yeah. they wrote it in 1966. Okay, here's I'm going to tie it in. Ready? This is brilliant. Uh-huh. Ready? Which was filmed in 1975 for ABC for and was broadcast one time only at 11:30 on a Friday night. And a young Derek McCaw did actually watch that because he was having a slumber party and was like, oh, we get to watch Superman the Musical. Oh, my life. My childhood was so wow. wasted. How old were you? 17. Uh, no. 10. <laughs> 10. 10. 10. But here's the tie-in to mm, the last topic. Yes. Because, of course, last June with all the Superman Returns flurry, they Brian Singer and Kevin Burns did a documentary. It's uh, Look Up in the Sky, The Amazing Adventures of Superman, or The Amazing Story of Superman. Yeah, and we did talk about this on a previous podcast. Right, think, which right? does – yeah, we did talk about that because Kevin uh, right, right, right. did an interview for Fanboy Planet. But they have footage – which from this musical, which has never legally been seen again. Uh, so they have footage from that on this documentary, which oh. is being re-released this at the end of this month as part of this huge collector's tin and so Derek's of Superman life movies. Is gonna come it's full all coming circle. full circle because oh, okay. for $100 for Christmas, you can get the Superman fan in your life, a collector's tin that includes Superman the movie, Superman 2, the Richard Lester cut, Superman 2, the Richard Donner cut, which has never officially been seen, but is being released both singularly as part and as part of this collector's cut. Superman three, Superman four, the quest for peace. My personal and, favorite. And my personal quest is to find in the next three weeks someone who will admit to liking Superman four, the quest for peace, plus Superman Returns, Take plus your, look up in the sky, plus. Uh, Brian Singer's online diary of putting together Superman Returns. And I have heard rumor, I have not had proof, but I've heard rumor that the remastered Fleischer Brothers animated films are going to be on this. And if that is true, I I would sit through Superman 4 twice. Wow. In order to do one. I would sit through a director's cut of it'd, Superman it'd 4. It would be like Friday night at Derek's house all over again. <laughs> it would be. Except I wouldn't invite anybody over because oh. they were too busy going, ee. It would be like the Mad Hatter in that Secret Six thing. Mm, that's good hat. Uh, <laughs> so, so you're talking another uh, another late night uh, Absolutely. Pillows on the floor. Oh, I'm going to be. Slumber exactly. party. Slumber party. Anybody wants to come over, we'll watch this huge Superman marathon. It's an incredible looking I've got package. Marshmallows and chocolate. I know nothing uh, beyond, <laughs> the, beyond what's on the kind of. And the thing is, I'm very excited about the Richard Donner cut, which I think we may have talked about before. Yeah. You know? Um, and Margot so. Kidder, like like we need Margot Kidder's talk, but Margot Kidder uh, said this as was. This voiceover. That the Superman 2 was much. Uh, with by Richard Donner was so much better. She had seen the final assembled cut that they've just put together and loves it and was so grateful. Just tell me though, do they edit out the scene where he takes the cellophane cellophane ass off his chest? And See, that's it? a that's a Richard Lester touch. I don't know because if they do that, there is the nothing, whole movie is ruined. There is nothing for me. shot by Richard Lester in this cut, and so we're waiting to see what that what, what that actually means. So the thing is, and I hadn't realized this was that. The reason Margot Kidder was essentially written out of Superman 3 was because she had complained mm. about Richard Donner being fired uh, from so Superman 2. So instead, they bring in Richard Pryor and Lana Lang. To save they bring the franchise. Out of tool. So, you know, clearly, yeah, Richard Donner had a vision. And I've also got to tie that back into straight up to comics that Richard Donner is writing action comics with Jeff Johns right now. And I don't know if you guys have checked this first issue out of his run, but it's actually really, really cool. Not yet. We'll it's it really out. cool. And they're promising that he's going to make Bizarro a very scary villain again. And I, I kind of believe again? it's possible. 
Wait, was I'd like Bizarro to believe that it once. No, he was never. So was, you know what? I used the wrong yeah. modifier for the first time ever. But you know, I think that people have treated, have thought that Bizarro should be scary because uh, Alex Ross makes Bizarro fairly scary in Justice. I think uh, Alex Ross makes everybody look scary with he his does. paintings. Yeah. Because the truth of the matter is, once nightmares. they look like real people, they're frightening. Yeah. Justice is a very good series. I can't wait to see I love that. that. Yeah. I love that. And I think there's a trade or a hardback of the first six issues coming out in time for Christmas. Uh, so, my gosh, my Christmas list just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And, and we can find all of those right here at fanvoidplanet.comics. Where you can hear Steve say, Really? <laughs> <laughs> We have that? Okay. (laughs) 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 So there you go. Thank you. I should also mention the podcast this week is, it's really not really brought to us, but I should by City Lights Theater Company in San Jose because one of the reasons that I've had, uh, why I have to rush out of here now is that I'm opening next week as Mr. Bumble in a Christmas twist, which is a Christmas carol with Oliver Twist as if Monty Python had written it at... uh, and it's really bizarre, and it opens next week. Why don't week. you just tell them about Tony Loco, too? I should, because you know what? Yes, I need to. Tony Loco coming out December 6th from Elusive Arts Entertainment. You can still order it from Diamond. Please do. It looks cool. Mark Hamill says it's cool. And if you can't believe a Jedi Knight, who can you believe? A Jedi Master. Okay. okay. A Jedi Master, I'm sorry. Yeah. Will, they be, will, they, will they be carrying that anyplace local? They will. They will actually be carrying it here at fanboyplanet.comics. And on December 6th, we will be having a launch party and we'll be attempting to simultaneously podcast from that if, launch if party. If Derek doesn't get too drunk, right? Oh, geez. There's going to be food. Food, folks, and fun. I'm there. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, you're We're bringing the food. It's, oh, yeah. uh, it's a couple of egg salad sandwiches and some oatmeal cookies without any sugar. And Tony Loco taquitos. We'll have Tony Loco taquitos. Okay. Bring in a couple of stadium risers. For we'll call them the, uh, Loquitos. Yeah. Yes. Loquitos. So there we go. All right. So I don't know if we have that or not. We'll see. But uh, anyway, so yeah, there we go. It's a potluck. Whoever shows up, bring food. So uh, come out to see A Christmas Twist. You can find out information at CLC, uh, Sorry, www.cltc.org. You can find out more about the Tony Loco launch party, hopefully, at elusivearts.com. And, of course, you can check out what we're talking about here at Fanboy Planet at www.fanboyplanet.com. Lon Lopez at www.moronlife.com. And Rick still will not admit to having a website. I have one. I can't admit it. And, okay, that's And then fine. there's Venom's website at www.com. <laughs> okay. Yes. Isn't it more of a .org? Oh, yeah, that's okay. right. He's a nonprofit. Dot, <laughs> .edu. Right. And, of dot. course, any commentary can be sent to editor at fanboyplanet.com and uh, join us on our forums. And so thanks a lot for listening. Talk to you later. <laughs>